Okay, so boom, have you ever thought about promoting your podcast, business, or brand with a voice ad that can easily be circulated on all platforms? Well, I have a solution for you. How about you let me be your voice? During your free consultation, we'll come up with a couple of things, talk it out, figure out exactly what it is you need to say to your target audience so that your business can shine. I'm going to hit the stool. I'm going to get it recorded, and boom, we in there. And you know what else? If you decide to trust me with your voice ad, I will run your ad on my platform for free. Free 99. Now, this does not mean forever, but for free. Shoot me an email at autumnthearies at gmail.com for your free consultation today. I can't wait to be the voice of your brand business or podcast. Peace. She do what she wanna do. 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 Lord to the grave, tell you like it is to your face. She don't play. Every chick down for it all. I know that she a boss. No competition, no loss. From the Midwest to the A, Autumn got you tuning in, no delay. Ooh, get you right every time. Keep you laughing on a dime. Tell you truth, no lies. So you can live your best life. Cover all topics, no limits. Got something for your mama and your children. No holding back. No gimmicks coming on strong. Get straight to business. Oh, yeah. She do what she wanna do. Lit life, lit life. She do what she wanna do. Lit life, lit life. She do what she wanna do. Lit life, lit life. All right. Hey, it's your girl Autumn, and I welcome you back to the Lit Life Podcast, where I encourage you to live your life autonomously. It's Black History Month, niggas. (laughs) 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 And we lit. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, I I don't have. You know, I ain't got no sense. She like, got that one single reefer in her already. Just one. That's all you need is just one. But so it's Black History Month. So you know, I mean, I always be blacking it up, like all the way blacking it up on here anyway. But I just feel like things need to be just elevated a little more. You know what I'm saying? We get our little couple of days or whatever. So anyway. I said I was gonna have some black ass guests on here that I have never <laughs> right that mm-hmm. I that I haven't had one before. And I want to introduce you guys to someone. Let me tell y'all, listen, I came across his podcast. I don't know how, I think on anchor or something, and realized that they were in the Atlanta area and that they act you can actually go and listen to them, you know, live record the podcast or whatever. And I have been ranting and raving about this podcast ever since then. And y'all hear me. I, I mentioned it like I just mentioned it on the last episode. I mentioned it probably once a month. <laughs> but I want you guys to give it up for Mecca from the Cash Color Cannabis Podcast. Yay, I still ain't got my little claps. Hey, on my little it's OK. I, I clap for myself. man. <laughs> So how have you been? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever except for the videos. 
For real, for real. And that's what's using the um, studio to do my podcast. And he was on Cash Color Cannabis. Um, yeah. it's, it's been that long, but, you know, there's been a pandemic happening and holidays and WandaVision came out. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So, guess what? so you know what? I'm like not a Marvel person. So I have been seeing people tweeting about, about it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what it is. And then when I saw like it was like, you know, like Marvel stuff, I just didn't even watch it. Look, I can tell you right now, WandaVision episode five messed up my day today to the point where I feel like I missed the interview. Like phone was off. It was just literally a lot happening. Yeah, not even that sad. I was that into it. They come on, they come on because they try to cater to the West Coast where everybody has the time at the exact Mm -hmm. time to watch. So it doesn't come on. A new episode doesn't come on until 4 a.m. In uh in the oh. morning, oh, I was wow. about to sit up and watch. I was about to sit up and watch. I even called off my trainer that morning. I was like, "Hey, bro, uh, I got mad work to do." So I, I see, see you been you getting it in in the gym too. I've been seeing you. I ain't gonna see you. I ain't gonna see you till Saturday. But <laughs> uh, I sat up too late, man. I was tired, and I ended up watching it around eleven o'clock today, and and it's just been sitting on my mind all day. I've been watching um uh, Easter eggs on YouTube. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so into this show oh, my right God. now. No, you need funny. me to send you some cat videos? No, no. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so <laughs> it's good. It's good that you're doing good. So um listen, we're gonna go ahead and get right into it. Oh. God damn, nigga. All right, so y'all know what time it is. <laughs> she got the theme music and everything for it. Shut yes. the fuck up. Yes. So y'all know what time it is. Uh, it's everybody's favorite part of the show. It's the Shut the Fuck Up Award. And the Shut the Fuck Up Award, for those of you have who have never listened to this show, is basically something I came up with one day. I don't even remember how or why. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to just start telling people to shut the fuck up because this is ridiculous. So a person, a place, <laughs> a thing, a movement, whoever, who you got? Um, I told you, my, my mine would be Marjorie Green, but also I guess we could say we could say add QAnon to that. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> At what point does, does common sense start trickling into some of your conspiracy theories that you know you just got to make people think? Like come to come to hell, Lord, man! Any 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 cult that's what that is. Any kind of radical, stupid cult that would honestly believe that Donald Trump would be the voice of reason through all this quote-unquote swamp is insane. That alone is insane to me. But yeah, Marjorie Green, shut the fuck up. QAnon, shut the fuck up, man. Yes, please. Marjorie Green was mine as well. Because I don't under... But my reasoning... So forget all the shit she did. Well, don't forget all the shit she did. But all the stuff she said, all the, you know, bullshit. She gets on the news today and says, you know... We can't judge one another, ma'am. We can't. We can't <laughs> judge one another. We all make mistakes, bitch. No, yeah, absolutely no, not. We're not no, doing this. We're not no, doing this with you. So no. it's okay for you to go on social media and do whatever it is you're doing and talking about uh, uh all these conspiracy theories and all these racist remarks and all this that and the other and then you want to say after they took your seat after they took your your whatever the fuck they committee took from her, you yeah they took her off the autumn committee she's powerless basically now right so now you just about to be doing making copies or whatever <laughs> that's on you boo like and then she gonna try to say well it's, it's like some kind of t- tried to turn it around and make it seem like it was a positive thing or whatever that all of this happened no bitch you're canceled 
And guess what? Guess how I know? Because they just said it on the news. So. Yeah, basically. And the, the crazy part to me is that some of the stuff she was saying, like the is it's, the lasers from the sky. I'm like, like, says, what are we? You dead serious with this? Like, you're you're now just going through hashtags and saying stuff. At, at, just at this dumb. point, just, at this point, you're just going through hashtags and saying things. Just, I'm, I it just. It just doesn't make any sense. I just hate you shouldn't have even gotten on the news and said what you said. Basically, you should have just took your L and sat the fuck down because it was just all so stupid. Like it was literally a waste of like 12 seconds for me and I'm over it. So. Yeah, she can shut the fuck up. So can Georgia Power now that we had it. Georgia Power, shut the fuck up. Oh, what they do? Man, aggravated the hell out of me the day before. The day before, man. And, and, and luckily for me, um, I have a prayer life when I wake up in the morning. So I was already centered. But buddy, I was ready to take off on this customer service agent. And I was like, none of this made no damn sense. But hey, I'm stuck here at this moment. But I want to talk to your manager. I'm a full white in, 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 in Black History Month, man. I do want to talk to your manager. Man, listen. Yup. Yep. Marietta Power, the wind can't blow. If the wind blows, y'all see me tweeting all the time. I'd be like, oh shit, the wind blowing. Let me plug my phone in because <laughs> out, out. I mean, like literally just one just little and the lights are out. It happens all the time. My lights were just out last week. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense being that everybody from Atlanta moving out there. Like, shouldn't y'all have enough um, heads up that we going to need extra power? Or, or maybe is it time to update the power lines? Like, why are they falling? So why do they fall so easily? I don't know, man. To to me, it's almost like one of those um, um, Aaron Brockovich stories. Like, I feel like I need to go knee deep in this situation. I think somebody's (laughs) stealing power out here because it doesn't make any sense. But I want you to try to tell me to pay. It doesn't make any sense, man. And, you know, both of us are from up north. So, like, the the issues that they have down here is just so, like, I can remember our lights going out every once in a while or whatever, maybe, like, for a tornado, you know, when a tornado warning or, you know, something like that. But just something as simple as, like, some high winds that are not really, really all that high. Like, why? It's time. It's time to upgrade. Like, you would think they do something, man. I don't know. Where all this money going? Hell, we pay enough, right? Where all this money going to? I pay state taxes. Where where is money going? So, anyways, that was good. So we got our shut the fuck up awards Mm. out the way. So I brought you here today because I think that uh, so I, I I have a lot of listeners that are podcasters as well. And again, like I said, I talk about my I talk about you on my podcast and and your podcast all the time. Because I think so highly of it. So I really wanted to bring you here just so that we can learn a little bit more about you and about how you got to um, having cash color cannabis. So Mm -hmm. let's start with how you got into journalism. Now, I've read some of this and I was just like kind of blown away by it. Like I didn't know what to expect when I was reading it. So I want you to just kind of tell us a little bit about how you got into journalism. Good story. Um, I actually, I feel like I've been a journalist my whole life. You know, uh, I, I actually made a mention a little while ago how the really the very first magazine I've ever 
actually wrote for was one that me and a friend of mine created in middle school. Um, we we were baseball fans, and we took some of our baseball cards, we taped them up into, um, we took some uh, construction paper, taped them all up, wrote little stories, came up with a cover, and we passed it around our class. Like that was our magazine for that for that for that day. So I be thinking from I even think to that back to that moment. Like I've always been a journalist. Uh, I really jumped into it after when I was in college. Like um, I had a chance to go through this program called Inroads when I was in, when I was a freshman in college. And it, it and I joking, I told somebody it's, it's one of those situations where when you finally get away from a crowd of people who are just like you and you realize there's so many other things you can do. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? And, I, and, and at that moment in my life, um, I was like 19 or 20 at the time. At that moment in my life, the only thing that I really understood was basketball, hip hop, and that was about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like I worked jobs, but I didn't really pay no mind to anything. But getting into the inroads, you had a chance to kind of get to people who are who had different understandings of life and they all came from the same background as me. Like I had a friend of mine who grew up in Franklin Hill projects who spoke Arabic, you know what I mean? Oh, like wow. stuff that, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that, that wouldn't even run into my mind. Like my mom loved him more than she loved me after she met, the, <laughs> after <laughs> she met him. She was so amazed by him and kept telling me what I can do more. And I'm like, damn, brother breathe. But, um, <laughs> right. But um, yeah, was after sophomore year and I got into inroads, I really thought to myself, I want to be a writer. Now, at first, I didn't know if I was going to take the journalism route, but I knew I just wanted to be a writer. And um, what school? What school were you at? I, at that time, I was at um, Mass College of Liberal Arts in Massachusetts. And then um, so after my sophomore year, I actually transferred. I knew I wanted to be a writer and I didn't want to be in Massachusetts no more. I just I just felt like something new had to happen. So I went to I transferred to John C. Smith University. And uh, after that, my, my junior year so at, at John C. Smith, I actually had a chance to be part of the Johnson C. Smith stu Student News. So that was oh, my nice. first time actually writing. I was I was editor, actually co-editor with my good friend now, Aaron James, who's like one of my best friends. We were co-editors of the newspaper. And that really, honestly, like this is probably the first time I told somebody, that was probably the honest moment that really sparked my, I can do this as a journalist. You know what I mean? Like we was editor mm -hmm. of the newspaper. We had to organize everybody else's stories. We had to lay out the, back of the newspaper. It was really dope. And that was the first time I really said, you know, I can do this. So I started interning a couple of places, um, Charlotte Magazine, Charlotte Post. Uh, after college, I actually started my own website called LastWordOnline.com. That was a online, that was a hip hop online magazine. And I ran that for four years, four straight years, man. And um, it's so crazy how the internet was back then, because we're talking about 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. At this time, people still kind of took the internet as a joke. Like the source had a website, but nobody went to the source's website. You know, just to right, give right. an example. So last word online was something I was doing that was really some real new terrain at that moment. And I noticed that, um, you know, I would get about maybe five or six people who have viewed the site every month. Like I'm putting up mm -hmm. 20 stories. It's cost me $600 a month to do. I'm getting five people. But I noticed the five people who were there would be managers, publicists, um, people who are actually in the industry. They were reading what right. I was doing. So I started getting emails. I started getting um, um, CDs. You started getting all this contact from like record labels in New York because of this little thing I'm doing out of Charlotte, North Carolina in my living room. Wow. Um, and, and coming down that pipeline, I actually had a chance to write for other outlets. So um, the, I started writing for Rolling Out a little while after that. They had a chance to see some of my stories and asked me to cover a story in Atlanta. I mean, excuse me, in Charlotte. And while I was doing one of the, I was on an assignment for them for covering a hundred black men. And uh, uh -huh. one of the editors of Rolling Out was with me and he saw how uncomfortable I looked that whole night. I had a suit on, I was hot. I'm interviewing <laughs> these people I don't even know. And um, he looked at me that time, his name was Al Wings. And Al said, young brother, you, what do you really want to do? And I said, man, if I had, a, if I had it up to me, I'd be writing for the source right now. And he said, I don't know nobody from the source, but I actually do know somebody at XXL and I might be able to get you there. And yeah, he kept his word. Like when I say wow. I, I randomly got an email one day from somebody at XXL 
who said uh, we need a story covered in in Charlotte of the Jeezy's doing a concert. Can you do it? And I was so blown away. I was like, yeah, you know, you jumped on it, got on the phone call. I hung up the phone before I even realized I got paid to do it. Like it was one of those kind of exciting wow. moments. Like I hung the phone before they even told me you get paid. But um, I had a chance to write for Double XL. Um, I let D Last Word Online go, and I just started focusing on trying to be a freelance writer. And from that time, I wrote for Double XL, Slam Magazine for about three years, covering high school basketball in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and also had a chance to be editors over at um, YoRaps.com, um, Hip Hop Inquirer, um, and, a, and a slew of other other outlets. It was really, it was really, yeah. Like looking back on my journalist life, like it was really a lot that I did in a very short amount of time. That you know, I really need to reflect more on. It was really a cool moment. It it sounds like it. It sounds jam packed. Like yeah. you were just. <laughs> That, that's so awesome, though. I mean, because I, I'm really big on people doing what they want to do, right? Like, I'm I'm really, I'm big on that because that's how you are. That's how you can, that's how you're happy, right? That's what yeah. makes you happy. So I'm, I'm, that's an awesome story. So tell me how all of this kind of got you into podcasting. Oh, good. Even better question. How? It started when um, I got tired of doing music and tired of writing about music and sports. Like, I don't know if you have had one of those moments where you just get tired of doing what you feel like is the same thing over yes. and over and over again. Yes. And you know for a fact there's a certain level that you could only hit unless they put you in another situation. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, when you're writing and you're trying to be a freelance writer, it's, it's, it's definitely about the talent, but it's also about who you know in a lot of instances. And right. if you're staying on a certain level... Man, it's more now I got to network a lot more, you know what I mean? Because I really don't want to be here. I want to be on TV or whatever like that. And that wasn't happening. So I actually put it down. Like, I, it, just like I did with basketball. If I knew I didn't want to be, I wasn't going to be a pro, I stopped doing it. And when I felt like I wasn't going to be doing what I wanted to do in hip hop and sports, I literally stopped. And this was um, 2012. I just stopped cold turkey and started just working, working regular jobs. I was doing working in nonprofit actually for um a place called Work for Progress. It was doing get out okay. the vote measures here in, in 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 Atlanta, and that took over my whole life. Like I was I was more about that. Like I I was ignoring events. People were sending me emails and requests for interviews. I was ignoring everything, and I was all wow. into that. Um, and around this time, they actually this is 2014. Around this time, I'm working for Work for Progress. Our office did so well in Atlanta. We actually um, registered eight thousand people to vote. Wow. They asked me to go down and help them in Denver with their office down there because they was having an issue hitting their numbers. So as I'm going to Denver, I'm geeked up because at this time, Denver had just passed a law that made weed recreational. And also at this time, I'm a weed smoker. So I thought that, you know, it was a perfect, perfect vacation. That's how I looked at Hell it. Hell yeah. week paid vacation. So I get down there and I'm working. I'm running around the city of, of Denver. And you get a chance to go see the hoods in Denver, which you never thought existed. You know, uh, you know, what right. I mean, like serious, like Denver's a real place, man. That That's <laughs> it, it gets real in Denver. <laughs> Especially at night. But, um, you know, so we walking around, I'm doing my thing and I'm watching people and I'm really watching how this weed thing is happening because it's still kind of confusing to me. What's what's recreational weed? What's legal weed? You know what right. I mean? What does so, all of this mean? What does all this mean? Because I see the stores and I see like you could really walk into it at that point. You could walk into a corner store and the corner store was almost like a, every corner store is almost a smoke accessory place. Like you'd go in there and be able to buy um, um, synthetic urine all the way down the road. It was almost every serious. Almost every store, you downtown, you was downtown Denver, almost every store at that time, you walk down the street, would serve some kind of part of cannabis. You know, there would be dispensaries and things like that, but somebody would serve some kind of part. But what I wasn't noticing as I was out there was, um, I noticed how many black people I ran into 
were smoking weed and versus how many I saw who were actually in the business of selling weed. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. it, and it, yeah. struck, it struck me as odd at that moment. Cause um, I'm like, it's just weird. And I told somebody, you know, when I first did, especially as a journalist, I like reading newspapers and newspapers from other cities. I gathered up everything I could find magazine wise, newspaper wise in Denver and in Colorado at that time that even spoke about cannabis. And I took them all home with me to Atlanta. And I sat down, I was just reading and reading and reading. I was getting fascinated. Like, this is so dope. Still wouldn't see no black people. Like as, as I was flipping page for page from magazine, to magazine, didn't mm, see no black mm, people. Mm, now, mm, mm. around this time also, I have a good friend of mine, his name's Royal. Royal is a trained chef. And he was over my house one day and we were smoking weed. And Royal tells me as we're smoking, I think I'm gonna get into this cannabis industry. And I said, yo, that's crazy, bro. I said, I was just in Denver. And he said, man, look, he said, it's going to be something. Watch. He said, it's going to be this big thing before you know it. And um, he said, I've been going to these conferences. I've been trying to learn about these conferences I want to go to because I want to really try to network and learn all these people. And I said, that's what's up. He said, have you been to one yet? He said, yeah, I went to one. And he goes, crazy thing. I, I was the only black person in the whole room. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? And, then, and it really hit me at that moment. I was like, what do you mean you're the only black person in the room? Like, how does that make sense? He said, nah, for real. He said, at that moment, bro, I walked in there and it was, I was it. So at that moment, I said to myself, um, I want to do a story about that. And I pitched that, I pitched doing a story about black people in cannabis at that moment. That's what I was calling it, black people in cannabis. Right. I pitched <laughs> it to a couple of um, outlets who I was friends with. And every one of them turned it down or just plain ignored it. They didn't, they didn't understand what it was either. This is still fairly early. We're talking about 2014 and 2015. Right, right. Uh, so everybody turned it down. I thought to myself then, you know, I'm not doing anything for any other outlet. It wouldn't be a, a, a shade on my resume. I can go get a camera person and go actually film some of these interviews that I, and, and some of these people who I know do exist. Right. Um, and this is through Google searches. I remember at the Royal Level started doing Google searches like, nigga, they, excuse me, there has to be some you black did. people in this. You, there has to be some black people in this. I know I had these magazines. I know this man sat in this house and told me this, but it's impossible that in the weed industry, there's no black people. And so I started doing Google searches and you would find certain people. Um, we would find certain people across the country. And I was like to myself, I can do that. Like I thought, you know, we could do some interviews and we could video them and I was I would do it and I'd make a documentary. It would be called The Color Green. And I'm eventually a friend of mine added the Cash Color Cannabis at the end of it. Call it the Color Green, Cash Color Cannabis. I was like, that's dope, that's dope. So yes. so, so we shot that. Me and my good friend Danny, um Danny Digital, we went and filmed Color Green, Cash Color Cannabis from 2015 to um I believe about the beginning or middle of 2016. Okay. And um it was crazy. Like we had a chance to go to everywhere from LA to New York to film. And we had a lot of people who come through Atlanta. And it was really dope at that time. Even looking back at some of the footage, some of the people we were able to capture at that moment and what they're doing right now is amazing. You know, and also some of the people we were speaking about at that moment who were so amped about this industry who aren't even in it. Like they're so far away from it. It's not funny. So it's crazy to even look back at some of that. But um, me and Danny went and filmed that and it went, it was cool. You know, um, you know, with documentaries, one, they're expensive, you know, and to keep running from place to place, kind of filming that with your own money was going to be hard. Right. And I remember, again, you know, God's playing through this whole entire story. I'm doing an interview about the color green cash color cannabis because I had a chance to do a couple of interviews for a couple of outlets at that time. Our creative loafing was one. We was, we was, we had a good run. Like people really was picking up on what we were doing locally. 
Okay. Um, so I sat down and did a podcast interview, and, and this is crazy how you said how I got to the podcast. I did a podcast interview with this guy named um, Last Name Good and Jimmy Hennessy at the studio called Live Hip Hop Daily. So I sat down with Good and Hen, and I knew I knew Last Name Good because he's a producer, a music producer around the city well, for this group called um, for a group called Paid in America. So me and Good is talking. I remember asking Good, Good, what the hell is a podcast? And he said, Man, imagine it like a radio show, but it's not a radio show. And I was like, well, why don't we just call it a radio show? He said, no, <laughs> well, we're going to call it a podcast for this moment. I said, I agree. Right. So he said, a, it's not a radio show. <laughs> we sat and did the interview. And I remember thinking it was such a cool format. It was such a cool thing to do that um, I walked over to the to the dude who runs the, um, Life at Bob Daily. His name is Herb. And I asked Herb, I said, yo, um, do y'all have any spots open for somebody else to do a podcast? And I told him the concept of what I wanted to do. I said, I want to kind of do a, the documentary, but as a podcast, I feel like it would be better for me to do it this way. I probably could tell the story better. And he said, man, if you can, the only day we have open is Tuesday at nine o'clock. If you can make Tuesday at nine o'clock work, you can have it. And I said, yeah, I can make Tuesday at nine o'clock work. And we did our very first episode of the Cash Color Cannabis. This is my first time saying that word, podcast. <laughs> uh, it was December 2016. My good friend Chris J was a guest. And um, yeah, we've been running from there, but that's how I got to the podcast. It was a, it was a long story that started as a documentary that coincidentally landed me in the studio where I'm recording now at. And um, yeah, well, now we're we're five years in with the podcast, over 200 episodes, and man, it's just been fun. I really need to reflect on these moments a whole lot more. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a, that, all that happened. So, in your First year, let's let's just think back to like your first year of the actual podcast. Can you remember someone that you interviewed from that year that you'll just never forget? Freeway Ricky Ross. (sighs) Freeway Ricky Ross. Freeway Rick. And uh, actually, well, it's a tie. Freeway Ricky Ross and Kwanzaa Hall. Um, And for two different reasons. Uh, One, Kwanzaa was one of the first was the very first politician. Um, I believe, and I, I say this, I believe, because we actually, it was a month where we actually had a bunch of politicians. So I'm not sure if he was the very first one, but he was one of the first who I felt like was on a level that it would have said something about our brand who would come on the show. You know what I mean? He knew we was 420 friendly. He knew what the gist of the show was. And at the same time, Kwanzaa was running for mayor of Atlanta and his pitch was, I'm going to decriminalize the city of Atlanta. Like matter of fact, he came on our show and told, he debuted that on our show that he he was going to announce that as the city council, that he was going to pitch for a city decriminalization. And we all, and I remember it, it was almost like a watch party around the city around, you know, saying this little group of people who were in this cannabis space at this time. Yeah. Um, we were all watching to see what the vote was going to be. I remember when the vote happened, Instagram went nuts that day, man that they did decriminalize um, cannabis in, in Atlanta. But I always remember that episode because Kwanzaa, again, was a, even now Kwanzaa sitting in the House of Representatives. Kwanzaa is a man who um, came on and really gave us a chance when nobody should have. You know, we were still barely, mm-hmm. barely re- re- brand new. And I don't know if uh, a politician at that time is somebody where he was at. I don't know how many others would have said yes, but he said yes first. And after him, we had Vincent Ford um, all the way down to Ted Metz. When Ted Metz was running for governor, I say this happily. Ted Metz walked away from the debate, right? Left that debate and came over to Live Hip Hop Daily to do an interview with us about why he should be running for governor. Yes. I, I, you know, stuff like that was a trickle down because of the Kwanzaa Hall interview, and I know that. And then there's Freeway Ricky just because it's Freeway Rick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To, to be able to have Freeway Rick not only come on the show as early as, as he did when we were first, our first season, 
But it was uh, one of our first times we would do our RSVP where we allow people to come down to the show. And I remember getting, um, we got over a hundred RSVPs and we easily had between that night because Rick was actually late, people waiting mm-hmm. for him. We had about 80 people in and out that whole entire night. And if you was there that night or even see some footage from it, by the time he walked in, standing room only, and it was easy, 60 people still standing there, clouds of smoke, waiting for this man to talk. And uh, we had a great conversation about, about his life, you know, saying his life as, as you know, his life in crime, I, I guess to say a life as a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. But even better, we had a chance then to speak about the role that Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Oliver North, and that whole administration played as far as with the Iran-Contra affair as to why he was ever even a drug dealer. You know, why, right, why we right. ever had any drug dealers in New York, in L.A., anywhere like that. The only reason we had that is because their their inability to their their what they had the ability to do as far as moving drugs into our country. So um, we had a chance to talk about that with Rick. And I, I, again, I always remember those episodes the most about our first season because they, they, they were both big opportunities for us as we were first starting out. Right. Okay. So it, at live hip hop daily. So I've been there. Yeah. Very nice studio. Have you guys always invited guests or has it, <laughs> No, I'll tell you started? right now, to this day, we don't invite guests. Guests show up. I mean, people show up. <laughs> we, to this day, we don't necessarily invite people unless I put out an RSVP. But right. there's hardly ever a time that we don't start the show and somebody's either yelling outside, um, hitting the DM. Hit, that's why I got to keep my phone by me by that time, by the mm-hmm. show, because I don't have somebody who can run the who I don't have a, a PA anymore. So literally, I got to monitor my phone and see who's texting, who's DMing, who decided the last minute on a Tuesday night they wanted to come down right. to live about daily to come watch the Cash Color Canvas podcast. So, okay, but you do have the, what's the name of the event that you you hold on Friday, one Friday a month? Oh, one Friday, we do Atlanta City Market. And, Atlanta and, Market. And we actually trying to change the name to Atlanta Open Market. We're actually moving from the venue. Uh, shout out to Urban City Market, Tay and everybody over there. But uh, mm-hmm. we need to move. Yeah, we need to move a, a different space. As you know, we just need more space at this point, at, at this moment. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it's the right time. You know what I mean? We're moving into a new year. So it's, it's a good time to do that. So we're going to change the name to Atlanta Open Market. We will be doing that last. We're actually going to be doing that. Um, bi-monthly so our next one's going to be in march the last month the last friday of march we're going to be doing that so i'll I'll give you all details about that sooner than later but um we still do we invite guests like i have no problem with guests coming by the podcast i do have we do have events where we we drop rsvps like we have one for this tuesday where uh we have a food vendors that come up during our show so i was like yeah we got about 20 people come up that'd be cool so yeah. this nice we do that, but on a general, yeah, we we look up, man. Just people be coming. I'm like, man, y'all don't be doing nothing on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't even know how I even came across to even maybe I don't know to even get like the RSVPs and stuff. But I'm so glad I did because I'm like, oh, this is like so cool. I think I came to maybe the first time was the Urban City Marketing. Maybe. I feel like the first time you came to the studio, you couldn't get in. Like you, you one of those people who got uh, stuck at the door. Every time, though, like, well, probably not the last two times, but I always get stuck at the door. Yeah, it's almost like the door is our bouncer. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so many people, so many, so many people get stuck at the door. Like, I can't get in. I was like, yeah, I can't give you the code, bro. <laughs> like, but it, give me a second. I'll get somebody to come downstairs for you. But yeah, so many people get stuck at that door. So, OK, so I read that you are a full time. Are you still a full time journalist at this point? 
Yeah, I'm a full-time journalist employed by Cash Color Canvas and CashColorCanvas.com and Cash Color Canvas Presents. Okay. And so that's what my next question was going to be. So you have Cash Color Cannabis. I, I've i been seeing that you're getting ready to premiere a Cash Color Cannabis Presents. So could you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Um, Cash Color Canvas Presents will be um, a web series that we're going to do. It's going to be six episodes, uh, six episodes a season. And it's just me kind of doing some interviews similar to this. You know, we're, we're able to talk about, we'll be able to speak to some of my, some people I know throughout the industry who can kind of touch on certain topics that I, I feel like are, are hot button topics or something that's something that people just kind of want to know. Um, our first episode is my, is my good friend V Castillo. Um, she's discussing her, we were discussing Clubhouse and how Clubhouse might be the one can of mm-hmm. friendly platform on social media, you know, so we had a chance to talk about that. And we, it's just, it's just, we just finished our first season and I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's an evolution of Cash Color Cannabis overall. You know, we have the website, cashcolorcampus.com. We do a lot of stories. Clearly we have the podcast, but I felt like, you know, there has to be, again, an evolution of, of the brand. You have to constantly evolve what you're doing. And uh, and this would have been the perfect platform. And, and really, the pandemic kind of helped this. Like, I would have never thought about doing a web series mm-hmm. uh, until we had a chance to start doing Zooms and StreamYards. And I remember telling um, Nicole, yeah, Nicole Scarlett, who's my videographer, mm-hmm. I remember telling Nicole, I said, man, when I looked on CNN and they were doing Zoom interviews, I was like, bet, Cash Color Canvas Presents coming soon. <laughs> let me start yeah. working on that. Yeah, let me start working on that and so i i failed to mention well i failed to ask initially because i'm like yeah cash color cannabis but like tell everybody exactly what cash color cannabis is what what does what is this podcast about who is it for cash color cannabis on the podcast the website and the and cash color cannabis presents the web series they all fall in the same theme. Like we, we, we want to curate a higher level of conversation and spotlight the black experience in cannabis. So we, we, we focus on, uh, especially with this, in speaking about the podcast, when it comes to the podcast, we, we, we focus on trying to have black, black owned brands, black influencers who are in the cannabis space. Um, some might be known, some might be on the, on the, on the come up right now, but we love having to be able to have them come on and share their stories and just kind of speak about what they're doing and how they got into this space. Um, that's, we really try to make sure that, like I said, we highlight and we stay heavy on that, that we shine a light on what we feel like is the black experience in cannabis. And when it comes to cash color cannabis, we look at that as that encompasses everything from music to politics, pop culture. Um, so we touch everything from that. Like right now for our black history content, we've done everything so far from highlighting um, black owned rolling paper lines to some of the some of the major name rappers who have decided who have not only just changed the music industry, but now trying to change the cannabis industry. And we got way more content to come down the line like that for Black History Month. But um, that's our that's what Cash Color Cannabis is. It's, it's, we call it, it's a higher level of conversation. But we're really we're there definitely to highlight and make a. You still there? Yeah. Oh wait wait I'm sorry my screen flipped. <laughs> yeah, still ready. To, still there to highlight the black experience, the black experience in cannabis. Okay, so also I know that you have a clothing line. Yes, I'm wearing it. I am too. Ah, Viper Life. Turn up. It on YouTube. Turn up. Turn up. So, what made you decide to to do a clothing line? Tell um, us about Atlantis. Oh, the fun cash color cannabis. You know, that's a <laughs> right. <the> fun cash <laughs> color cannabis. Cash color cannabis ain't cheap. But um, Atlantis spawned out of my head because um, yeah, again, we we 
I needed to find a vehicle that would help us, that would help fund some of the things I wanted to do with Cash Color Cannabis. And Cash Color Cannabis isn't expensive. Let me, let me stop it. It's not super expensive, but I still would need to have funds to do such things, you know, like hire people to do this and do right. that. So um, the clothing line came out of that idea solely. Like when we first did, uh, matter of fact, Atlantis City Market is part of why I came up with the idea of Lambus clothing. I used Atlantis City Market as a way to just sell it. You know, like I thought right. that'd be cool to have a pop-up where we can invite out some vendors, but I really want to sell my own stuff. You know, it'd be the only the best place to do that. So Atlantis started off as that, just strictly initially as a vehicle to help fund Atlant um, cash color cannabis. But it, with everything else that I do, you know, not, not bragging, but with everything else I do, you really got to come up with a point and it has to start evolving. And um, so I, I, it, it started looking to me like, it has to be more than just a signature Atlanta bit shirt. Like what else can you think of? Mm -hmm. And I went back to my conversation with freeway Ricky Ross. And I was thinking about the time I was talking to him about Ronald Reagan and all them. And I said to myself, I don't think a lot of people know what Reagan Bush. And I, I mean, it's as much as it's, it's common knowledge. I don't think a lot of people know about it. So it's like we, they don't realize it or something or they no, miss no. it. No, no, no at all. And it's so crazy because it's been so it's been part of so many movies. But we came up with our drug lord shirts. As you know, uh, we got Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Oliver North. And across their face, across their body, we have the, the term drug lord. And it, it, it's, it's a concept we came up. We call it conceptual fashion now, Atlantis clothing. We conceptual <laughs> fashion. Um, we want to make clothes that make you think and make and give you a, give you more than just a fashion statement. It's a fa it's fashion that makes statements. And with our drug lord collection, we thought, yeah, that was the best way to launch, to, to roll that concept out. We're going to make statement fashion, you know, and when you're wearing this, this is going to be a conversation piece. So understand that and people are going to ask you who the hell is Ronald Reagan or why you think he's a drug, a drug lord. And it's going to be great conversations you're going to get from that. Or even just why are you walking around with Ronald Reagan? Oh, I've got that one too. You know what I mean? People, I had to explain what that situation was and to watch their face as it happens. I'm really blessed that we've, we've been able to actually watch the Iran-Contra affair. Me as a kid growing up, I was able to see it. But also the more I think about it, like, how are y'all missing this? This has been in pop culture for forever. Like, even the, mm -hmm. the last movie Tom Cruise did when he was the pilot, that was about the Iran-Contra affair. He was literally flying in guns and drugs into America. I'm like, how are y'all going to these movies and not thinking to yourselves, some of this should be connecting with you? That if y'all don't know about it, go watch the Netflix. Netflix, uh, crack. Crack. They are bold with it. They basically are bold with it. And you know Ronald what's Reagan crazy? Did this. What's crazy is, especially right now during Black History Month, I was just talking about this or thinking about it to myself. Like, I know this stuff happened. You know what I'm saying? But I'll watch, I'll watch something like, you know, like the documentary Crack and be hella pissed mm -hmm. <laughs> on fire like yeah. don't even want to talk to nobody for the rest of the evening because y'all gotta watch it if you if you don't know how the hell crack just popped up you need to watch this documentary look, when, I, when, I look at, when i look at somebody like reagan because my father rest in peace my father voted for reagan twice and it and it, and it and it doesn't shock me how many black men and women i see who supported trump and i tell people like you better watch what you're voting for because i'm pretty sure if my father was alive he would have regretted that vote for reagan because like him he like me he thinks a lot you would have saw how that trickle down pattern happened mm -hmm. i'm looking at this opioid crisis now and I'm like, mm -hmm. y'all better watch this man Trump. You know what I'm saying? And what you're about to get in return. Like what 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 could continue to happen in our communities? I'm seeing a lot of pill poppers. I'm seeing a lot of people a lot. A lot. A lot, man. And 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 yeah, just watch what you do. You know what I'm saying? He's he gave me a lot of Reagan vibes early. And I was like, 
I already saw that for eight years and I saw how that affected our community in the most drastic way possible. But um, that's part of our, our our clothing line. We have our drug lord collection. We have our Atlantis signature collection like I'm wearing right now. And also like the shirt you're wearing, our, our next concept, which was Return of the Vipers, which was inspired by a black exploitation film where I came up with this idea of um, a badass, a badass um, a black biker babe who goes through city to city, kicking ass, taking names and smoking weed. So uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a it's definitely a dope concept. I love actually Re- Return to Vipers. That's actually my favorite thing in Atlanta. This. That's what's up. Oh, I am so glad you came to my podcast. Girl, I was making chicken too, so I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> to have this conversation because I was making some chicken. I'm trying to tell you, one division messed me up today. I'd have missed an already missed an interview that I have to apologize for. It just threw my whole day off completely. Oh my goodness. You trying to, to figure out going. every Easter egg and every little small detail I missed from this show. Like it's addicting. Like, but I love it. It's a great show. If you get a chance to watch it, now's the best time. Maybe right. I'll try it. Girl, binge watch one through five right now. And I promise you, your face is going to be like this by the end of the day. I mean, but is it okay? So, but is it like, is it like hero-ish? Like, is it like cartoonish at all? Like, girl, girl, it's, or is it something that I could really see and be like, damn. Like, let me I'm, tell you. Now, most people, like my sister was telling me how confused she was when I when was first coming on. She was like, Rodney, I'm confused. Like, how does, I don't get this. And I was like, I'm trying to explain it to people because I've been know to, knowing about this for months. I, this is literally, I mean, shameless plug. There's a YouTube page called Cosmic Wonder that does Marvel, DC. They cover the comic books, movies, everything. They, they, but they specialize in getting Easter eggs and getting early news. So I've been yeah. following them for a minute and they've been giving them basically the gist of what WandaVision was going to be for a while. So I was one of them people just like, get the popcorn ready. Like, I know it's not right. going to happen. I'm not nervous about the black and white because I understand what they're doing. They're going from error to error. It's just so dope. Like, I don't really want to give all it All right, away. all right. I'm, 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 give it I might check it out. You might decide it. Last night was such a shocker that like, oh, my, I mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That I get it. It, 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 it's, it froze me for the moment. <laughs> I sat on YouTube trying to figure out every single possible what else did I miss in those 41 minutes of TV. All right. You might have sold me. I mm. might have to go watch it. All right. So thank you for coming to the Lit Life Podcast. I look forward to seeing you, uh, you know, whenever some shit clear up. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Girl, come on. Whenever. Come on out the house, man. We got Hawaiian food on Tuesday, man. You got y'all going to have what now? Hawaiian. <laughs> We're going to have Hawaiian food on Tuesday. Come on through there and come get you a plate. I might do that. See, see, see. Go ahead and hit that link, man. Come RSVP and come on I down and do hang out. Plus, my good friend Joe Salome uh, with Georgia Hemp Company, they're, they're actually opening a new branch on um, next Friday. They open a new branch in Decatur, and he's going to come on the show and chop up. And we're actually okay. going to be doing some work with him down there on Friday. It's going to be amazing, man. Come through. All right. I, I just might. All right. So, Mecca, tell us how... Um we can reach you and tell it, tell us where we can find cash color cannabis. You can find cash color cannabis. We'll start at cashcolorcanvas.com. You get to go down, you can scroll down and see all of our, our social media handles. But um, if you're on Instagram currently, you can watch, you can find us at cash color cannabis. If you're on Twitter, we're at cash color canna. Uh, Facebook, we're Cash Color Cannabis and Cash Color Cannabis podcast and blog. Both of those are ours. Um, please subscribe to the Cash Color Cannabis podcast on all streaming platforms. Just search Cash Color Cannabis podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, YouTube, Stitcher, all major platforms. And please, every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., watch us on LiveHipHopDaily.tv and then watch the replay of the episode on Live Hip Hop Daily on demand on YouTube. 
And find me on there because I was on there back in October. So she showed us. We had Autumn in there. Autumn came yes. with us, man. Podcast to podcast. Yes, it was lit. So, all right. So, real quick, y'all. Uh, y'all know I gotta let y'all know about podcast happy hour. Y'all know what it is. Me and my girls live Friday. No, Saturday, February twentieth, nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am the host. It will be on my blackity black ass platform for black history month. So y'all already know how it's going to be. And until y'all hear me again, peace.